0: in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit one god amen today we read the famous story about the samaritan woman who had been married several times and who was living currently in a sinful relationship with a man and she came during the day to fetch water from the well and there christ met with her and spoke with her um, and and transformed her life and it was something very unexpected for her she was not thinking that something like this could happen or would happen when she went to, to the well but she was visited by grace in that moment, that Christ saw her and knew her and actually prepared himself for her before she even came, so that when he, she would come, he would speak to her and that her life would be transformed. And even when she went and spoke to the people in John four twenty-nine, she said, could this be the Christ, like, this man who, who transformed my life, who told me everything that I ever did, could this be the man who was Christ? So we see that she was visited by grace, and as a result, there was a distinct change, transformation that happened in her life. And this is what we are looking for in our lives. And especially now during the time of the Great Fast, we are looking for a change. We're looking to be visited by by this grace so that our life would be different than it was before and it wouldn't just be a temporary change it would be a permanent change a change that's going to continue even after the fast ends and through the rest of the year and next year and so on that we build on what it is that we have done and we continue to build so i want to speak briefly today about what are some of the signs that we are visited by the grace of god we see the signs in her life and what are the signs that, that we can see and how do those signs also manifest themselves in our lives the first sign that we see is a feeling of shame and the burden of sin in verse 6 it says jesus therefore being re- weary from his journey sat thus by the well and it was the sixth hour why is it that she came to the well in the sixth hour it's because she came during the time that no one else wanted to be at the well the hottest time of the day and she was ashamed to come to the well she was ashamed to be seen she didn't want anyone else to see her and so she came at a time when no one would be there so part of the sense of or one of the very first things that we need in order to be visited by grace is that we have to have a self-awareness a self-awareness of who we are a self-awareness of the sins that we commit if we are blind to our sins if we are blind then we try to escape shame in every possible way then we'll find ourselves never opening our eyes, never visiting, being visited by this grace. Or the grace is with us, but we don't experience it because we don't acknowledge our sin. We don't acknowledge what it is that we are doing wrong. So when God comes to work and he, he tells us that we should be convicted of our sin, it's like we are deaf to what he is saying because we imagine him to be speaking to someone else. St. John Climacus, he says, He who really keeps account of his actions considers as lost every day in which he does not mourn, whatever good he may have done in it. This is not intended to mean that we should walk around mopey and depressed. But what it's saying is that we have to always be aware of ourselves. We have to always be aware of the sins that we commit, the things that we do wrong. Why? Because when we come to God, then we have content to to speak to him. Sometimes people feel like I don't know what to say to God when I pray. Maybe this is because we don't know ourselves. So when I come to God to pray, I don't know what to say because I don't know who I am. I don't know what to ask him for because, again, I don't know who I am. If I know myself, then I will come to God and I will ask him to forgive me, to have mercy on me. I'll ask him to strengthen me in the sins that I have because I know who I am. And when the grace of God begins to work, I can see that there is a change of of heart and a change in my mind and thoughts because I'm always aware of myself. So we have to have this, feel this burden of sin on us, which is the first step of transformation, which is the first step of freedom from sin. Also, St. Isaac the Syrian, he says, The man who follows Christ in solitary mourning is greater than he who praises Christ amid the congregation of men. Why is he saying this? It's perhaps easy for many people of us to come to church because it is a group activity. And it's something that's once a week and we feel this obligation and sense of duty that we are called to come to the church. But what do we do on a daily basis? Do we have this solitary morning, this private morning, this private sense of repentance that I'm asking God to change me? Is it is it is is my relationship with God only in the congregation, only in the group, or is it also in a personal way in my own home in wherever i am that i'm praying to god or is it only found in the congregation in the church alone so that's the first thing is some of the signs that we're visited by grace the first one is a a sense of of shame and a burden of sin the next um, sign that we are visited by grace is that we have some engaging encounter with christ we begin some meaningful conversation she actually when she was there at the well she chose not to leave She chose to remain and to speak with him, even though it must have been a very awkward conversation because he is revealing to her her sins. This is the exact reason she didn't want to come to the well when there were other people there, because she didn't want people to point out who she was and make her feel bad about who she is. But because she was able to speak to God, speaking to God is not like speaking to any person. When we speak to other people, maybe we are afraid of being judged and condemned by them. But when we speak to God, he gives us something that we don't even expect. Many people come to confession thinking that they are going to be condemned for the sins that they commit. But actually what they find is the opposite. They found that they're being, feeling a sense of relief, a sense of acceptance, a sense that God has forgiven me regardless of how horrible my sins are. Because this is what God has says. He says, I will remember your sins no more. He doesn't want us to confess our sins so that he would have an opportunity to, to attack us or to condemn us or to hunt us down. No, if he wanted to do that, he could do that on his own. He doesn't need us to confess. He already knows the sins that we commit. He wants us to confess our sins so he can free us from the bondage of sin. But when we remain silent and we do not have this conversation with God, when we don't speak to him about our sins, we are the ones that, that suffer. We are the ones that suffer because we don't have the opportunity to be set free from sin. In Psalm 32 verse 3, it says, When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. When I keep silent from God, when I don't speak to God, when I don't seek the comfort that only comes from God, when I don't ask God to have mercy on me, I begin to uh, grow old in, my, in myself. I begin to wither and die spiritually. Just like you can imagine someone who is growing old as beginning to wither, beginning to get weak. So in a spiritual sense, also, we wither and die when we keep silent, when we don't speak to God, when we don't have that engaging conversation with God on a daily basis. And those conversations don't have to have any particular form. It's not that I have to stand in a certain way or read a certain thing just speaking to God, even when I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing and remembering that God is with me and asking God to help me. This is the conversation that the Samaritan woman had. She spoke to him with her heart and God responded to her and gave her what it is that she needed. The third um, the third point is confessing my sins without fear. When Christ was speaking to her, she didn't try to hide from him what was really happening. She didn't try to say something to make her feel look better than she she was maybe we say this with other people because we can get away with it and we fool each other about what it is that we do but god is not fooled so when christ spoke to her and he and and, and and she responded to him in verse 17 and it says the woman answered and said i have no husband she didn't try to pretend that she did she didn't try to sugarcoat what it is that she was doing and because she made no excuse and because she simply stated the truth then she was benefiting from this conversation. When we come to Christ and we hide and we don't try to reveal to him what is our sins and we don't acknowledge them or we try to delude ourselves and convince ourselves that, there, that we really do not have sin, then as Saint John says in his epistle, we make, we make God to be a liar. When, when we go to God and we tell him we have no sin, we make God to be a liar. Actually, it is the normal and expected state of us as weak human beings that we have sin. So when I go and I try to defend myself and say, I have no sin, well, who are we fooling? Are we trying to fool even ourselves? We have to believe that God is going to accept us when we offer our confession to him. But we also have to offer a pure and complete confession, not an incomplete one. Not one that I offer simply that I I skip over the things that are the most condemning to me. And I only say the things that make me in the greatest light. No, that's not the kind of confession God wants. God wants the kind of confession like the sinful woman who came and, and, and fell at the feet of Christ and washed his feet with her hair. This, this kind of humiliation that she put herself through was because she acknowledged the magnitude of her sin and she, and she acknowledged that Christ and only him could save her and could restore her. When we come to God and we confess our sins, we should not do so lightly we should do so and offer a complete confession to God with a sense of sincerity of heart and repentance. Especially now during this time of the great fast, then God is calling us to this. He's calling us to come and to offer a confession. And when we do, we'll receive no condemnation from God. We will receive no judgment from God. We will receive only love. We will receive only acceptance. We'll receive only from God a, a, a pathway to salvation that maybe we felt was always blocked. Something that we could never reach. Maybe we always feel like there's some barrier between me and God. God wants to remove this barrier. And one of the ways that that barrier is removed is through the confession of my sin. A fourth sign that she was visited by the grace of God is that she was seeking God himself. In verse 25, it says, The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. When she says this, she's speaking about God and she's thinking about the coming of God. When we... As part of this process of of the grace of God working in us, we have to begin to divert our our attention to godly things. We, We have to pull ourselves out of the distractions of the world that we are always distracted with, and begin to think about something beyond. Something that is beyond this world. It is not only that my thoughts should be preoccupied with my family, or my work, or my finances, or my health, or the problems that I face. If there is plenty of problems and things in the world to fill up our time for the rest of our life, 24 hours a day, unless we make a purposeful effort to direct our thoughts toward God, then we will miss it. We have to actually seek God. And God is not going to force himself into our lives. Revelation 3.20 gives us an image of Christ who is standing at the door, knocking at the door, and he is waiting for someone to open he's saying open to me and he's knocking lightly and just as of course as anyone comes to our house maybe when we imagine to be like someone who's a solicitor who wants to sell us something and we're not interested we don't even go to the door and open we just want them to leave it's not even worth our time to go to the door and open because we know it's something not important for me to do it's just a distraction from everything else that i'm doing but when it comes to god knocking do we do the same do we tell god you know i'm too busy cooking dinner I'm too busy doing something with my children. I'm too busy working. I'm too busy worrying about something. And he's constantly knocking and we never hear his voice. Or even when we hear, we choose not to open. Because we feel that God is going to just come and burden us with yet more rules and more commandments and more difficulties and more things that he wants us to do that we do not want to do. But God is not coming to that. He is coming because he wants to free us from sin. He's coming because He wants to offer us salvation. He's coming to give us something, not to take something away. So if we really want to go through this path of salvation, as the Samaritan woman did, we have to be seeking God. We have to be seeking Him, not ignoring Him. We have to seek after Him. Coming to the church, for instance, is a way that we seek God. Reading the Bible, praying on our own, ways that we seek God. We have to seek God in whatever places He may be found so that we would be able to hear His voice. How can we hear the voice of someone Unless we go to the place where that person is and we seek after him. The next sign that she was visited by grace is forsaking what used to preoccupy her, preoccupy us. When we are visited by grace, we stop seeking after the things that we used to be obsessed with. It says what about the woman? She left her water pot. After she spoke with Christ, and she originally came there because she wanted to draw water for herself. That was the whole purpose why she went to the well. She didn't go to the well to meet with Christ, nor did she know that he was there. She went to the well for the only reason is to what fill up her water so that she can go back with a full water pot. And yet we see what that after she spoke with Christ, that she actually left her water pot there on the ground. She didn't even think to take the water pot back with her because the conversation that she had with him was so life-changing that she didn't even care about the things that she used to want to do and this is what happens to us also when we are visited by grace that the things that we used to care about that the people that we used to want to be with that the activities and the lifestyle that we used to practice maybe these things now have no we have no joy in them anymore we we feel like we are different we don't. Those things are not engaging to us. Those things are not um, fun for us. Those things are not interesting to us. All those things that we used to do, because Christ directs us into a completely different road, into a completely different path. There is, no, there is no similarity to the path of God as to the path that we used to walk on. If you look at the lives of the apostles, for instance, they used to be fishermen. and The life that they began to lead after they met with Christ was a life that has no resemblance at all to the life that they used to have everything was different so so when we begin to walk in the grace of god and god begins to transform us it's very normal and natural that we begin to feel that we have to put aside our water pot we have to put aside the things that um we used to dedicate so much time and energy to because these things simply are not as important as they used to be saint isaac the syrian he speaks about this he says why do you increase your bonds take hold of your life before your light grows dark and you seek help and do not find it. This life has been given to you for repentance. Do not waste it in vain pursuits. We should not waste our time that God has given us in vain pursuits. Many times we are tempted to do so. Many times we are tempted to seek after the things that are vain that have no value and God wants us to use our time for something else. The last um, point I want to speak about as a sign of the divine grace working in us is we become zealous to tell others about the bridegroom. This is exactly what the woman did in verse 29. She spoke to the people and told them, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Why did you go and do this? Actually, these, these are the same people she was ashamed to be seen by, the same people that she wanted to avoid by going to the well in the middle of the day, now she is actively seeking them out. And she's telling them that what? Come see this man who told me everything that I ever did. Come see the Messiah. She wanted to share this experience that she had with other people. So the grace of God drives us to share our experience with him with other people. It's not something that we can keep quiet. It's not something that we can just keep to ourselves and that's it. What what he's offering us is so great that there is nothing that we can do to keep it to ourselves. Saint Seraphim of Sarov, he says this, he says, God is a fire that warms and kindles the heart and inward parts. Hence, if we feel in our hearts the cold, which comes from the devil, for the devil is cold, let us call on the Lord. He will come to warm our hearts with perfect love, not only for him, but also for our neighbor. And the cold of him who hates the good will flee before the heat of his countenance. The devil is the one who keeps us in this bondage of sin that always makes us feel cold toward God, makes us feel that God is distant, makes us feel like there is nothing I can do to be pleasing to God or that there's not any point in even trying because even if I can go one day without committing some sin that I struggle against, then I surely will will fall again the next day. He makes us feel like there's no point in trying again because I am a sinner and always be a sinner and God can never accept me. This is the, the lies that the devil tells us. But God is what? He is a fire. He wants to come and he wants to extinguish this darkness. He wants to extinguish this cold of the devil. We have to seek him out. And, and then once we do, we will become even zealous to go and share what our experience is with other people. So in summary, we spoke about six different uh, signs of the divine grace working in our life. The first one was feeling the shame and the burden of a sinful life. That we begin to see our sinfulness. We begin to see the things that we need to change in ourselves. Second is we, have, we engage with Christ. Now having known our sin, we come to Christ and we ask him to, we have this conversation with him. Third, we confess our sins to him. And we confess without fear because we believe that God is going to accept us. It is not that when we confess to him, he's going to catch us in the act and that he's going to expel us or condemn us. No, he's going to accept us. He's going to restore us. Fourth is we seek after God. We seek after Him. We are not content to seek after only everything else in the world and to neglect God, but we, we seek after God. Five is we forsake what used to preoccupy us. The things that used to fill our time before we encountered God in this way, those things just naturally lose their luster for us. These things that are like the water pots of the Samaritan woman, we just put them aside. They're not important anymore to me. And finally, our, our experience with God, we feel like we have to share it with other people. And we want we're zealous to do so and want to share our faith with others so here when we go through this journey of the great fast their church always reminds us of the life of repentance and this woman is a model of repentance for us that at the beginning of the story repentance and the idea of acceptance by god was not even her mind but when the god or the grace of god came to visit her she was completely transformed and she accepted this transformation and she put aside her old ways and she began even to preach and become an evangelist uh, about what Christ has done for her. So may God also grant us that we would go through this process, that we would be visited by grace and that we would respond as she did of putting aside the things that stop us from growing in God and to approach him and and to receive from him the salvation that we long for. And glory be to God forever. Amen.